Welcome to the Rich Roll Podcast, episode 85 with Julie Pyatt. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, to the RRP, to the Rich Roll Podcast. I am your host. My name is Rich Roll, and you might already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Each week, we bring to you the best, most forward-thinking paradigm-busting minds in health, fitness, athleticism, creativity, diet, nutrition, art, entrepreneurship, personal growth, and spirituality. The goal is to empower you with the tools and the knowledge and the inspiration and the motivation to take your life to the next level, to help you discover, unlock, and unleash your best most authentic self. So how do we do that? Well, to do that, uh, we kind of got to do things that get us out of our comfort zone. We got to be open to new ideas that, you know, maybe are unfamiliar and experience things or be willing to experience things that just might scare us a little bit. And I'm kind of doing that right now. Uh, I'm in the midst of this incredible tour of the Middle East Right now I'm in Beirut and I'm getting ready to fly this evening to Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, I have to admit that traveling to this part of the world intimidates me a little bit. It's definitely out of my comfort zone and very far away from home and I miss my family. And it's a part of the world that I'm not that familiar with. And it's easy to read news stories and sort of be intimidated or scared. You know, oh, there's, you know, uh, trouble in the Middle East or what have you, you know, is it safe or can I go out running without something happening to me? <laughs> and, you know, how is my message going to be received? Cause I'm here for speaking gigs and there's the cultural differences are, you know, vast in certain places. So I have no idea how, what I have to say is going to, you know, how that's going to be received by people that are coming from, you know, a very different place in terms of their culture. So, you know, the point being that I'm definitely out of my comfort zone right now, but I'm going into this experience open, open to the new experience. And I'm practicing saying yes to new experiences. When people say, hey, come and do this or come and meet this person, I'm saying yes. When even maybe inside me, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know how that feels. But as a result of doing this, my horizons are being expanded exponentially on an hour by hour basis. And it's been a truly amazing experience being here in Beirut the last couple of days. I've met so many incredible people. And in so many ways, it's so different from what I expected. It's this crazy mashup of old and new. I mean, parts of it look like the south of France. It's sort of this Côte d'Azur meets Arabia. And when I'm walking around parts of town, I could swear I'm in like Milan or Paris. It's very European. It's very sophisticated and very urban. And there's beautiful, intelligent, curious people everywhere I turn. And then right next door to my lovely hotel is the scaffold of the old Holiday Inn Hotel, which when it was built in the mid-1970s was sort of the pearl of, of the city. It was the finest hotel ever built. And right now it stands absolutely demolished and rife with artillery blasts from getting shelled in Lebanon's Civil War in 1975. And it still stands completely unbuilt and occupied by the military, you know, guys in camouflage and berets lingering around armored Humvees with automatic weapons. And they occupy it as a strategic vantage point, given it's on a high point of land in the neighborhood where you can kind of oversee the entire area. And it's pretty interesting, you know. Uh, and that being said, I'm just taking all that in and witnessing everything. And I had an incredible run along the water the other day, and I've been exploring the city 
I was well received from my presentation, which went really well. And I'm just meeting fascinating people. And as a matter of fact, I just got back from riding for a couple hours in the mountains just outside Beirut. If you, if you go outside of Beirut, like 15, 20 minutes, you're in these incredible mountains that are covered with cypress trees and it's green and lush and gorgeous. And I was riding with arguably Lebanon's most famous athlete, uh, you know, particularly their most famous adventure athlete, a guy named Maxime Chaya, who's this insane dude. The guy has climbed the seven summits. He skied to both the North and the South Poles. And more recently, he broke a world record for being the fastest guy. He was, it was a three-guy team. They rode a boat all the way across the Indian Ocean, and they did it faster than anybody had. And I think they're the, it's the only three-man team that's ever rode across the Indian Ocean. So anyway, he's quite an extraordinary fellow and, and quite a good cyclist as well, I would say. We were riding in these mountains, and it was nothing like what I expected. It, it, it really felt like I was in riding through tiny mountain villages of Switzerland or in the Alps with these pitch switchbacks and narrow hairpins lined with beautiful cedar trees and lush green landscape. It was, it was really stunning. So the point is this. I couldn't have dreamed that I would even have an opportunity to meet a guy like that, let alone ride a bike with him. And as Casey Neistat said in a previous episode, it's all about investing in experience. You know, learning how to say yes to new things. And this is what I'm doing and it's paying off and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So next up again, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to go to Riyadh. I'm going to go to Jeddah and I'm going to a city called Al-Khabar. Not places I would choose to go on vacation, but I really can't wait to see what I discover in these uh, in these cultures that are so foreign to me. And it's it's such an honor to be able to present what I'm all about to these people. And it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, how, how it's received, you know, what the reaction is going to be. And it's kind of like this recent experience I had uh, a couple days ago, I was on uh, France TV uh, a couple months ago. Um, <clears throat> there was a French TV crew that came to my house. They filmed me and then I forgot about it. And then I received word, Oh, it's finally going to air. And I had no idea that it was going to air on primetime television uh, and it's a show that's called Les Pouvoirs Extraordinaires du Corps Humain. Sorry for butchering my French, but loosely translated, that means the extraordinary power of the human body, which is a pretty cool subject. Uh, it was a fantastic experience being on this show. It's a very high-gloss, high-production value primetime French television show that I have since found out is seen by 6 million people. So it was really cool to be introduced to France in, in such a high-profile way, and, and I'm really happy with how I represented uh, my message to that audience. Uh, but the show took a little bit of a weird turn. Uh, they had a counterpoint to what I was talking about, uh, an expert nutritionist who chimed in uh, with some sort of uh, wary words about adopting a plant-based diet uh, that really uh, I took – I take uh, – I take uh, issue with sort of, you know, this idea that, oh, if you're going to do this, it's going to be a full-time job. It's very difficult. And if you're a child or a pregnant woman and you really shouldn't do it, it's very complicated. You're going to have a hard time meeting your protein needs and, uh, you know, rich, it might work for rich, but there's nobody else who's doing it. And just a lot of unsubstantiated claims. And it was frustrating for me to hear that because I had no idea that they were going to kind of undercut what I had to say with somebody else who was taking a counterpoint point of view. But, you know, I can't control these things. And I understand that 
in France, these ideas are new or perhaps they're threatening to their gastronomical culture or their heritage of great cooking and food. Uh, and, you know, at the end, it doesn't matter. It was an honor to be on the show, and it's just interesting. Um, but I did write down some thoughts on it. I wrote a blog post uh, about my reaction to being on the show, and you can check that out at richroll.com. If you do, check out the comments uh, below the post. It's, it's really quite fascinating, the discussion that takes place there. In any event, it's been an exercise in letting go, in surrender, and in understanding that I only have control over my actions and that the result of those actions, uh, how they're received, really isn't under my control. And in fact, it's really none of my business at all. And when I tend to think about it in that way, I can find peace in all of it. I can find gratitude for the experience. And gratitude is today's subject on the podcast. It's been a while, but Julie is now back on the show, I'm pleased to announce, and uh, gratitude is the primary topic of the day. This is a good one. We have great conversations, so I encourage all of you to be open and allow yourselves to receive some information that might be new to some of you. Maybe not, but maybe. Uh, in any event, enjoy. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor-fit, built-to-move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by Birch. If you're serious about optimizing your sleep, listen up. I've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye, and I can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation. And if your bed is old, if it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is going to be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made, and that, my friends, is a birch mattress. Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic fair trade cotton, birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands. Kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years, 
And I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive. And the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. We're brought to you today by Seed. Gut health is all the rage. There's good reason for that. I've probably devoted, I don't know, at least a dozen episodes of this podcast to the many, many crucial ways the microbiome contributes to your overall well-being or lack thereof, and to the many diet and lifestyle protocols we should all adopt to promote gut health, from fermented food to fiber and everything in between, including, of course, the importance of supplementing with a probiotic. And the one that I have come to trust far beyond the shenanigans of the supplement world is Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. It's the most solid, science-based, and rigorously evidence-backed probiotic and prebiotic on the market. Formulated for optimal digestion, gut immune function, gut barrier integrity, skin health. In fact, my 16-year-old daughter has been using it to clear up a significant acne issue, and it's been wonderful, as well as many other systemic benefits. Like I said, I've been taking it daily, personally, for years. I love it. My body loves it. And right now, for our listener community, Seed is offering 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Visit seed.com slash richroll and use the code richroll25 to redeem this offer. That's seed.com slash richroll or code richroll25. Well, first of all, it's been... It's been a little been, uh, time since you've been, uh, you've, you've chimed in as a co-host, but we haven't sat down to assess our relationship in a while. That's <laughs> right. It's, it's, been, it's been a while since we've even talked, actually. So I know. I'm we've been together very grateful for that. Uh, many days yeah. <laughs> here in Canada, but we haven't had a conversation between the two of us yet. So what do we do? We have to podcast in order to do that, right? That's right. It's the new way to connect intimately with your significant right. other. Right. Well, the, the truth is, Julie and I are here in Canada. We've been together for five or six days, traveling around to a couple different cities. And uh, we're, we don't have our kids with us, so we don't know what to talk about. Right? Is that true? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that sounds very dismal. No, I know. It's not really true. But it is kind of funny. Like, you know, when, when you're living your life at home, it's so much of marriage and relationship is about logistics and planning, right? It and is. so it's very easy to fall into a pattern of just, you know, having this kind of, um, you know, relationship that's all about, like, how are we getting from point A to point B throughout Well, the day. and more specifically, I mean, it's not, it's actually more of a, fu- of a function of, or a, uh, a result of the amount of things that are going on right now in our life. Right. Well, More than, yeah, our life's really busy. So right. there's a lot of traffic copping <laughs> that goes on in order to like get everything done. Like, no, I can't do that. Why? You know, you're, you're going to have, uh, well, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Explosion. Right? Only in my, usually just in my mind. In your and mind, that's I'm happening. And then, explosions, and then you just sit there still and, and you let me have my process. And then I go, <laughs> and then I go, oh yeah, when I get to the other end of it. I'm glad that It'll be okay. it's probably good that I don't know what's going on in your mind. <laughs> you you that, have no idea. No, I have an idea. 
Yeah. So. Well, you know, nature rigged it that way. That's good. I don't think I don't it's think being thing. able to to be telepathic and read each other's minds would really actually be a, a productive, positive. thing. I can do that, but I shut it off when it comes to you. Oh, you do, right? No. <laughs> you want to share no. what you, what you read? No. Well, I mean, I tend to wear my whatever's going on in my mind is pretty evident across my face. So it's, you don't have it's, to be. You telepathic. don't have to be a psychic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So we thought um, that we would. Uh, do another one-on-one podcast and also just as a result of of you know kind of a couple of the events that we've done over the past couple of days there's been a lot of love for julie and when are you coming back on the podcast we want we want to hear what you have to say julie so here i so am careful what you ask with mad for. wisdom <laughs> yeah no the every and we probably should here. have sat down and said what are we going to talk about today but we didn't we just turned the mic on and we'll just no see we'll out. just we'll just do it spontaneous and mm-hmm. let it arise but you know, really overall, I mean, we've just been completely in a in a gratitude cloud since we got to Canada. And just the people here are extraordinary. And they've just been so amazing to us. I mean, yeah. what an amazing blessing to be able to meet these people face to face, people that we're in touch with on Twitter and Instagram, and also people we don't know. And it was just, it, it just really blew me away, blew mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, it's been an incredible experience. You know, I've been lucky enough to do quite a bit of traveling lately and Julie hasn't uh, had the opportunity to go everywhere with me. Most of the trips that I've done have been by myself or, you know, Tyler came to New York, but, uh, but, you know, you did the cruise and you did, you know, we, we went to Costa Rica yeah, together I mean, and we've done a couple things, yeah. but I think uh, this trip, you, you, you got a full blast of what it's <laughs> of, like to go on the road. Of a real podcast take the, fans. Take the road, take the <laughs> RRB on the road. It's, it's incredible. It's just, it's amazing. And I just, I wanted to hug everybody and connect with everybody. And, you know, we spent a lot of time doing that and I, it's just, it's an amazing experience. It's really incredible. Right. So... <clears throat> What's ha- what happened was uh, we came out to this area of Ontario originally to do three different events, one of which um, got postponed. That was in Toronto. That was supposed to be today, right? The, yeah, today's they, the fourth. I don't uh, think we could have done May. another one. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they're, they're, yeah, it takes a lot of energy. So the first one, um, we flew into Toronto. We spent the night here, and then we went to Burlington, which is a, a city about, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour outside of Toronto to mm-hmm. do this uh, event uh, that was put on by Kevin Brady and Advoca Health, his company. Uh, and it was, re- it was uh, for, for me to give my presentation, my keynote. And what was amazing about that was that it was on a Tuesday morning, right? Yeah. From 9 a.m. And then there were some events after my keynote. And I thought, who's going to show up on a weekday morning, you know, to hear a presentation? Like, people have to go to work, right? It's true. And uh, they had almost 500 um, people registered for the event. Not quite that many people showed up just because of circumstances, I'm sure. But Their boss this called beautiful, them into work. Yeah, it was in this beautiful theater mm-hmm. in Burlington, uh, brand new. I think it's just a couple of years old, a gorgeous theater. And tons of people came. And the, and the mayor of Burlington, like, you know, sort of announced me, introduced me, which was great in conjunction with Kevin, who really put, really just put the whole event together because he's passionate about health and wellness and fitness. And he's an accomplished triathlete in his own right, as is his son, who he trains with, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and we got to go and have dinner with his family the night before, beautiful family. Mm-hmm. And, and after that event, after I did my deal, just sort of receiving people and, meet, and meeting people, it was just it was so heartwarming and so touching and really 
just to have people come up and, and share their story and, you know, their how they relate to, you know, my story and your story and, and their own personal, you know, obstacles and things that they've had to face and overcome and really intimate stuff, right? Uh, it's, it's impossible to not, you know, be really touched by that. And the, the consistent theme throughout the whole thing was oh, the podcast. I love the podcast. I have to drive. I have a two-hour commute or whatever. I, <laughs> I look forward to the podcast. And I think that, you know, I sit in our garage or our, you know, little or this hotel or, room yeah, or this, wherever it is and, you know, talking to the microphone. And, of course, I know there's an audience out there just based on the feedback on social media or comments or whatever. And I get to see, you know, I can see how many people are downloading it. But that's different from actually – you know, going to a place that's very far away from where we live in a different country and to have so many people give us the positive feedback about, you know, what they're getting out of the podcast and what they want to, what, you know, I, I was sort of asking, well, what do you want to hear? Like, what's missing? What would you like to hear more of? And they were saying more Julie. more Julie, more Julie, more Julie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, but it, it's a lot of energy too, to be present and focused with each person and to, you know, have a, have a, you know, a, a substantive, meaningful exchange with every single person. But it's a worthy use of energy. For sure, of course. Very I worthy mean, use. And you're great. I mean, you take so much time with everybody. And like we said, we already said on another podcast, but... Um, this one might go up earlier. It might go earlier. Well, I okay. might put it up earlier okay, because there, we have that. a long queue of, of now, and this okay. is sort of present as to what's happening right okay. now. Okay, so all right. No, so up in another week. So, I mean, you were just so present with everybody, and you took so much time, and it was so amazing because the line was so long, and everyone was waiting just patiently. They weren't hassled. They weren't hurried. They were just waiting. So I think it's amazing. I mean, I met so many people that drove in from far away, you know, from hours away. Yeah, people drove in. I mean, we were outside of Toronto. People drove in from Michigan, from Buffalo, from Montreal. You know, yeah, Montreal. That's right. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it was really cool, and uh, and so we did that, which was amazing, uh, and got to get a, a nice long run along the lake in the morning mm -hmm. in Burlington, and we had wonderful uh, meals from Lettuce Love Cafe. Oh we yeah, let's like talk every, about Lettuce uh, Love Cafe. So it's this for little a little cafe in Burlington. Burlington is a town that you wouldn't on first glimpse think would be a place where you're going to be able to get, you know, super healthy, delicious plant-based meals. And there's this little cafe right on the main street, you know, right by the water there that just had fantastic food. And we had, we had dinner catered at Kevin's house the night before the event. And then we had, they catered the lunch at, at, the, the, event. at the event. And then we had dinner there after the event of course right, too, so we ate there a lot yeah so big shout out and big love to to all the people at i mean the Cafe. food if you're in burlington you gotta go check yeah it i out. mean truly extraordinary i mean some of the dishes that they have on their menu are um you know stand up to anything in la or new york that i've had yeah of you course know, it's and incredible i think it's a testament to uh how much uh enthusiasm there is for this plant-based revolution the plant power revolution that's right you know, and there's a bakery also these, <clears throat> yeah it's associate they're the same people i think do you, yeah do you yeah. know what the bakery's name is? uh i right want to say uh, i'm gonna get it's it a, wrong a name it's christina or Kristen's or something like no, that. no that's wrong <laughs> no yeah uh, it's a i think i'll it's put it in the show notes we'll figure yeah. it out yeah this is uh, this is why you we should do research but get our facts straight right. before it's we authentic. do the podcast we're but, being real we're keeping it real but Keeping anyway, really yes, real. there is a there is a bakery that's the same people mm -hmm. behind Lettuce Love Cafe. Um, that's they do a great well. job. So thanks a lot. You guys yeah. really made our stay amazing. Thank so you. then we went from Burlington to London, Ontario, 
London, which is like an, you know two hours, two hours and change outside of Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a college town. It's a really cool place. And when they say London, they're not they're not messing around. They're not like, kidding. It's, it's like a little London UK. Like they have and if all you're the not streets careful, are. <laughs> they'll put you in the London <laughs> Tower. Yeah, like there's buildings that look like Parliament, and all the streets. The River are, Thames. Yeah, and the river that runs through. The town is the River Thames, and I know that because I went on a run along the river the morning before. I was like, "Oh wow, the River Thames! They're they're not messing around here. They're not the London thing. So, they're serious." So this event, um, well, what, the background with this is that uh, when we knew we were coming to the region, we reached out to these friends that we had met, uh, Jillian Mandich and Ange Peters, who have the Holistic Health Diary podcast, and. I had the honor of being their first podcast podcast guest on their first episode. We. And we. Well, you, you did it too, but on separate occasions. No, like, we were there together. No. What happened was I did an event in Ottawa last year, yeah, right? I think, I think we, we, we were Oh, they packaged us? Oh, okay. So I met Jillian the first time because she came from London to Ottawa to uh, interview me for her podcast the morning after I did mm. that event, um, which was like a... A year ago? No, like almost that. about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we met her and, and, and uh, you know, we were both really impressed with Jillian and Angie's enthusiasm and their commitment to the wellness movement. And there are girls that really follow through and are doing some really cool stuff in London. And we both started following them on social media. And so when we knew we were coming to the area, we reached out and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to be around. You know, maybe we could, I think at the time it was just like, hey, let's try to hook up or see you. And then they just took the ball and ran with it and created this whole basically one-day retreat in London that was really, you know, there's a lot of things going on. There was yoga. There was the the Crystal sound healing. And lots of vendors and cool stuff. It was supposed to be like this one-day kind of respite from your life to recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really oriented around the two of us coming and appearing. And and we thought, oh, this is cool, great. And and they sold it out. And it was at this beautiful winery outside of London. And uh, they had an entire dinner uh, that was prepared by the chef at this location who got our cookbook and prepared recipes based loosely based on our on our recipes. Um, inspired by. <clears throat> inspired by, of course. And uh, I got to give my keynote, and Julie topped off the evening by singing a song with a beautiful cellist, 17-year-old boy. And it, it was, was just, so cool. It was just a really touching evening. Mm-hmm. And we did, I don't know what the order of the podcast were going to go up, but we did interview Jillian and Anne for a podcast. So I don't know if that's going to get a lot of us on that, that So we're going to repeat <laughs> some of this stuff. But it was an incredible, uh, it was an incredible day. And again, it was another experience of really getting to um, meet people up close and personal and, and again, hear their stories and, and, and really connect. And it really just gave me, um, there's such a through line, like it gave me, you know, a more, um, I guess it gave me greater enthusiasm for the path that we're on and the trajectory that we're on and, and to really kind of double down and keep going. You know, the, the fact that so many people are responding to it and are enjoying the podcast and are getting something out of it of value is, you know, it's incredible. You know, it just, I, it, it moves me to tears. It really did. I had, I was very emotional to be able to uh, experience that. And um, so I think that, you know, it's more than just, Hey, you know, people are like, oh, is this part of your book tour? You go around and say, I'm like, not really. It's not really. I mean, yeah, I get to sign books and that's great, but I, I wouldn't call it a book tour. It's really just 
we're kind of going around and connecting with people really mm-hmm. through a, a variety of different kinds of events. Yeah, and and, uh, and everybody always, it, a lot of people were saying to us, the first thing they would say is, I feel like we're really great friends because I listen to the podcast, but you don't know anything about us or about me. And I just feel like this podcast is that kind of medium. And, you know, we really are friends because if you're connecting to the information at this level, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's not like we have to take time to get to know each other. It's like, we're kind of already settled in. So right. it's a, it's just a really great, um, so it's a great way to connect and a, mm-hmm. a great way to spread uh, the word about yeah. plant-based nutrition. Podcasting and a lot is of powerful, man. It's po- it's it's really. It is. So what are know, we going to say? I don't know. Yeah, like that just puts <laughs> no. the pressure on me. Like every now I start getting all up in my head. No, like, no, the, like what am I going to say? <laughs> now I have to really deliver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that you know, in sort of an overarching way, it, one of the things that I'm getting out of it is just how how great uh, Canada is in terms of their interest and um, enthusiasm for this wellness movement. You know, we're back in Toronto now. <clears throat> we, we had made our travel plans to come back to Toronto after London because we, there was going to be this other event, which didn't transpire, but we just decided to, you know, maintain our travel plans and stay here and just have a, you know, a day and a half to recharge and get a little bit of work done before and see Toronto before we head back and go to a couple cool restaurants. And, and, you know, Toronto has been amazing for me. I spoke at the last two, uh, Toronto veg fest, which is like the, the Toronto veg fest is like the biggest veg fest in North America. I believe it's huge. It's the, the amount of people that pass through that is incredible. And that was the veg fest that I, that I went to right when my book came out and kind of delivered my keynote, uh, to a large audience for the very first time. And then, uh, went back last year and just got such a great response and felt so warm and and welcomed here. And it continues, you know, I went out running this morning and, you know, somebody was even running and they like turned around, this woman turned around and ran after me and said, Oh, you're, you know, rich roll. I got to get a picture with you. And we're like running and she's holding her phone, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, this never happens at home. (laughs) You know, this is cool. I think I'm going to stay in Toronto. I'm feeling the love so much. So I think that brings us to, the real kind of overarching theme and what we wanted to talk about today, which is, which is gratitude and being in touch with gratitude. Yes, that's right. And, mm. uh, it's, it's just, um, to experience it, it's almost like it's exponential when you touch into it and you experience it, it, it amplifies like many times over inside of you. And, um, you know, to meet all these people and to connect at this way, at this level and to sit with them and listen to their story and find out who they are, the transformation they're experiencing in their lives. Um, it just blessed us, you know, a thousand times over for every single story that we heard. And, um, you know, I've just been literally vibrating for the last week with that immense emotion of gratitude and being grateful for being able to serve in this way and able to connect in this way. And, um, and I think it just, it really is, um, a, an emotion or a state that also can be cultivated as a part of, uh, everyday living and living for transformation and living in the highest vision of yourself. Um, because this effect is not unique to us or not unique to this experience. It's with everything in your life. And, you know, they always say if you can cultivate an attitude of gratitude, you know, there's a, a, a lot that can be um, experienced through that portal. And um, it's always a choice of perception. 
um, you can always find something to be grateful for. I mean, yeah, it's where we find a lot to be grateful for in this situation, but in every situation, um, you can always choose to find, you know, that nugget of gratitude, which will propel you into, um, a heightened experience and a more expanded experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, cultivation, cultivating gratitude, that's sort of the touchstone word because gratitude really is a practice and gratitude is something that that comes hard for me and it's a concept that I was not that familiar with or um, didn't really understand until uh, I got sober and I came into, you know, the programs of recovery and you hear, you know, anybody who's in recovery or knows somebody in recovery knows there's all these sort of slogans, right? These little quips. And one of them is attitude of gratitude, cultivate this attitude of gratitude. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it sounds so trite and silly. Um, and, uh, but it is, it is true, but it is a practice. It's something that you have to cultivate. It's something that you have to really kind of focus on. Um, you know, for me, my default state is not gratitude. You know, you, you, you have a facility for getting into gratitude much more easily than I do. Mm -hmm. And even when things are really good in, in my life and I have no reason to complain, which is most of the time, you know, I'm very blessed, especially right now. Um, it's very easy for me to still, you know, look at, I focus, my default is to focus on all the things that are wrong. Right. And I think that's a common thing with a lot of people. It's like, yeah, 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 that's good. But, you know, uh, well, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Why can't I do that? And that guy didn't call me back. And, uh, you know, that's, those are the things that I naturally gravitate to and, and, and mentally kind of hang on to. You know, these are my reasons why I can't be happy right now. And, and that gets exacerbated if I'm hungry, if I'm angry, you know, <laughs> or I'm lonely, or, or if I'm tired, right? Mm -hmm. Which brings up another thing I want to talk about on the podcast, which is you know, being tired, being tired, and <laughs> sleep, and balance, and all of those things. But, but, uh, but I think where you can come in and maybe provide some guidance or some helpful tools uh, is is on this subject of gratitude, because I think it for a lot of people it's it's difficult to kind of um, connect with. So, what are some of the things that people can do? Uh, who struggle with this to help them connect with it a little bit better. Okay. Well, um, I mean, specifically, so all of experience is, is simply a chosen perspective. It's a perception. You know, it's like, it's like the, you know, people say, well, is your glass half empty or half full? You know, how are you choosing to look at it? So I think that, um, you know, it's great to acknowledge that, you know, a default is not to be grateful and to be in resentment and to see the negative in everything. And then one step beyond that is to understand that you, we are all powerful creators. And especially at this time in history, at this moment, in this energetic field on the planet, we are actively co-creating our reality. So what you can do is um, if you find yourself in a negative looping pattern or you find yourself looping and you're looking at the lack in any event, situation, circumstance, or person, 
you can make the decision to stop the behavior. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, see, I know. think that's the thing. What happens is people say, well, is your glass half empty or half full? Like make it, you know, make it half full and develop an attitude of gratitude. But there's no, what's the roadmap? Well, the, road, well, the roadmap is first to understand that it is in your power to make the shift. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, so if you're doing this as a default, I would say that uh, possibly one thing to consider is that you've gotten lazy and you're letting your mind run you. So you're not your mind, you're your heart, and you're, you're much more than just your brain. So the brain can experience looping patterns of thoughts. Explain, explain what a looping pattern is for somebody well, like who's if not you just, sure. you, It's like an automatic, like you're on automatic. You're like, well, I always do that. You know, when I, always, when I see the dog, I always kick him. No, I don't mean that literally. But, you know, it, yeah, it's like, well, I, whenever I get tired, this is what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a, a good example or an, is we all know those people that are, they just, you know, there's a cloud over their head all the time or mm-hmm. they're a professional victim and nothing ever works out. And they're always pointing their finger like, oh, I didn't get the job. I got fired again. Or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or even like the guy who always seems to end up in a fight, you know, at the bar and it's right. always somebody else's fault. And it's like, what's the common denominator? The common denominator is yourself and mm-hmm. what you're bringing into the equation. And, you know, if you keep getting that same result, you have to look in the mirror and try to figure out how are you co-creating or how are you contributing to that and more often than not it's that looping you know behavior or attitude in your mind of you know that guy is more than me or why can't i have that or you know the world always wrongs me or whatever it is that story that you tell yourself that becomes reality because you're looping it so often that you are perpetuating this attitude that you then project out onto others and onto the world that facilitates that negative result that's right and I think that um, a lot of it also comes from fear, like fear is in there. That's also, you know, a big part of it. Um, but I think just understanding that, that you have the power to change any situation in any moment, like in every single moment, it's an opportunity. It's a fresh new moment, almost like you're reborn in every moment. So you can let go of that story of that program that I'm this kind of person, or mm-hmm. I'm always resentful when. Or if I don't if if I don't get sleep, then I'm like this. That is just a story in your head, and and your body is following suit to that. So you can start to reprogram it, and you can start to put a different lens on it. And when you see yourself looping, you can make the decision to stop and put a new perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And so it can be anything from the surrounding circumstances. It could be, um, yes, I'm physically you know acknowledging I'm physically tired. But I am so grateful right now for this experience in my life and this ability to serve in this way that but how I'm going to... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like you can say that, like I'm just putting myself in my own shoes when I experience mm-hmm. this. So I know, I know when I'm starting to loop, right? And I'm telling myself that negative story mm-hmm. and I can point to all of these examples, all these th- events over time that fortify that story and make it true in my mm-hmm. mind. And the truth is, I'm choosing which events to focus on in the mm-hmm. past that support that without really looking at anything else in my life that might um, say something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it becomes, there's so much momentum behind it, it, it develops so much power. So putting the brakes on becomes very difficult. And to just stop and say, okay, I'm grateful, 
is the mere act of just saying that, does that begin to shift it? Because sometimes it's just, is that, you know, those are just words. How do I get in touch with that emotionally? Well, I would say the mere act of, of realizing that it's happening and not just being in mm-hmm. it, the mere act of realizing that it's happening, like just like in AA, you, you recognize there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So just the mere act of, of watching it like an observer, that in itself will start to heal it and transform it. The other possible thing that you could, there's, there's a few things, very easy. You could take a breath. You could see that it's going, and you could choose to connect to your breath, and you could take the longest inhale that you can muster and the longest exhale, and you could repeat that for even a minute, a one minute of inhale, exhale, and it would shift already what's going on but the thing is is that your mind or your ego is attached to that um to that feeling and it's going to want to go there mm-hmm. it's going to want to be right just like the addict wants to you know have that drink or go to mcdonald's or, or what right. have you it wants to it wants to feed on that negative thing yeah that negative so thing feels good basically what you're saying way. is you have to give yourself a timeout exactly you have to put yourself in timeout that's right you should give yourself a timeout to and you reboot should, the, hard, and, the and hard drive the breath is so powerful it seems kind of silly if you don't understand it or you've never done it it's very very powerful and my guess is if you did it for a minute you would be already shifted it, it might still be there, but it wouldn't be there in the intensity that it is. Another thing you could do is you could hum. If, you know, my humming meditation, I, mm-hmm. I prescribe it for everything. <laughs> I know you are. But you could hum, and that would definitely shift your energy. Even if you, you don't have to hum for the 30-minute meditation that I have. If you just hummed for one minute, even 30 seconds, suddenly everything would be mm-hmm. shifted. And the third thing that I have uh, for you is you could put a rubber band around your wrist. You could say, I'm going to not engage in negative, that negative programming looping. And you could simply snap, pull that out and snap your wrist. Like when it happens, you might need like an ultra, an ultra snapping band. Well, it's kind of, (laughs) I think it's, yeah, it's like some sort of Pavlov's dog kind of way of doing it. Yeah. Or, you know, on on some level, it it almost harkens back to, um, you know, the the Catholic uh, ascetics that would whip themselves, right? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, would they tick the, the they so themselves on the back Self, or whatever? What do they call Self it? Self-mutilation. What is it called? I forget I, I the term know. for that. But, but no, it's not that. Um, but I think the first thing you have to do, which you alluded to, is to be able to really get in touch with this distinction between your mind and your higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this a lot. Like, you know, I'm repeating myself on this podcast, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but it needs but, to be repeated. But that's the most important thing. Because if you don't understand that you have a consciousness that exists outside of your thinking mind, then it becomes almost impossible to stop the looping. Because if you think that, that your, your mind is you, then you don't know that you have actually the power to control how it's operating. And you don't understand that you actually have a choice about which messages your brain is sending to you. Mm -hmm. Um, you, You have a choice as to whether you're going to entertain and give those those thoughts, those ideas, those images, energy, or not. So it's that idea that you, that you mentioned, the idea of becoming the observer. 
And once you understand that there's a, there's a dichotomy, right? There's a distinction between these two things and that you have a choice to look down on your thinking brain and go, oh, that's interesting that I'm looping again on that negative thought, you know, that idea that like, you know, whether, whatever it is like, oh, I'm not worthy or, you know, nobody's going to love me or whatever it is that is your Achilles heel. And you can say, oh, I'm going to put the brakes on that. That's interesting that my brain is doing it. I don't have to believe that. I don't have to entertain that. I actually can tell myself a different story. I can create a new story and let me write down, um, let me think back on my past and write down all the evidence of things that have occurred in my life that can support this new story and start giving that energy. That's right. And if you're very lucky and blessed, like we were and you were this weekend, and you have an experience where you experienced an extreme amount of gratitude, you can grab that again. So when your mind starts looping, you can take a moment, breathe, and drop into your heart, feel your heart, and remember, draw again this experience back that you felt, that gratitude that you felt. And it can be any experience, the gratitude you felt when your baby was born, when you, know, you met your, your soulmate, you know, when you got your dog the first day. Um, anything can be anything at all. Draw into that experience and then use that experience. Because you can choose to participate in any negative looping pattern or you can rewrite your own story. And when we're talking about life transformation and what you and I have created together through many years of commitment and creativity and heart and courage and immense struggle <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, all, and near death, um, you That's know... That's being a little dramatic. It's not really... <laughs> <laughs> It may be, may be in some cases, but um, uh, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this is your life. This is your life, meaning everyone's life, whoever's listening. This is your life, and you have the po- power to live it in the manner that you want to live it. Mm-hmm. So we must start to understand that we are not our looping thought patterns. Mm-hmm. That those, you, the mind is beautiful and should be used. You should be using it. Your mind should not be running you. And mm-hmm. if your mind is running you, you're, you've, you're not in the driver's seat anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, all of these automatic things, they could be um, programs from your childhood, from you know, society, from you know, any kind of structures of the ways things were. And you're attaching to them and making a story about who you are as a being. And it's all just not true. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. 
They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. Meditation has been a recurring theme on this podcast, dating back to its beginnings. And in conversation always leads people to asking me about the best way to begin. There are no shortage of modalities of resources and apps available. I have experience with many of them, but my mainstay, I have to say, the one that I have found most useful is waking up. It's this unique treasure trove of wisdom that has become so important to my daily routine that the app finds itself right in the dock of my phone for immediate fingertip access. Beyond its robust catalog of daily meditations, it's also this extraordinary library of mindfulness resources that go well beyond the strictures of meditation with courses on stoicism, cognitive behavioral therapy, time management, procrastination, as well as thoughtful conversations with leading scholars on everything from psychedelics to happiness. It really is one of the most worthy investments you can make in yourself. And listeners of the show can get 30 days to try waking up for free. Plus, you'll save $30 on the in-app price. If price is a concern, Waking Up offers the app for free, astonishingly for anyone who can't afford it. You can find the links on their website to get a full scholarship right now. Just go to wakingup.com slash richroll to start your free month today. That's wakingup.com slash richroll. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson, where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. The, the idea of putting yourself in timeout and connecting with your breath, like it sounds funny, but I think <clears throat> we actually do that. We're hardwired to do that intuitively without even thinking about it. Like, um, you know, think about, you know, oh, you just had a, you know, your boss just fired you or your boss just told you you didn't do a good job and or any kind of event that's like puts you in some sort of emotional, temporary emotional crisis. You know, there's that idea of like, oh, I have to, you know, you go into the bathroom and you lock yourself in the stall and you need a moment, right? Well, that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Your, 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 your sort of sympathetic nervous system is driving you to 
extract yourself from that situation and you know you're the hyperventilation or it's like you're breathing because you're trying to um Mm -hmm. you know calm yourself down and and get a grip right so it's not that different from what we might do if you're in instinctually a, but you're just creating a structure around it like a more proactive well kind of and um, a positive a positive a yeah. positive structure so not just taking yourself out of the timeout and then going and telling yourself how wronged you were or right. how right you are how screwed up everybody else is and how you know everyone else is wrong and you're right a time to actually take yourself out and go okay i'm making my own experience and i'm going to shift this and i'm going to choose in this moment to see the highest potential in that experience you know if somebody wronged you or you feel you know stepped on or hurt you can choose to look at that person and say you know what that person's doing the best they can or they're just trying to get home or they're just trying to find their way and like they kind of stepped on me in the way and you know what I'm going to choose to just release it because um, I don't want to be in that negative vibe Mm -hmm. well and when by carrying that resentment you're the one who's suffering right? It's like you're punishing yourself for it. Let's say, let's say just for purposes of example, <clears throat> you really have been wrong. Like you did nothing wrong and somebody wronged you terribly. And, yeah, like in a court of law. And the or... other person is completely at fault, right? So mm-hmm. you have, you, you, you know, you have the ability to have justified resentment or justified anger over that situation. Like that guy did that to me. And you can create a whole story around that and you can collect a bunch of people who will agree with you, right? And they'll say, you're right, you know, that was really wrong. Like, I can't believe they did that to you. And then it just foments this resentment. But when you think about it, you're the one who's suffering. It's like you're, crea- you're creating additional suffering for yourself over this person that wronged you. That, mm-hmm. The person who wronged you isn't suffering as a result of your resentment. You are. So you're, you're actually making another mistake, right? That's right. And I mean, you know, we need to feel our feelings. So, you know, it's not about like, oh, everything's great. And, you know, I feel like you <laughs> cut my leg off, but I don't care. No, that's, that's not it. So you, you feel the emotion and, you know, recognize that you feel wronged or you feel hurt, you know, and give your, give yourself like a limit of time. Like, you know, I'm going to feel that really feel it and get in touch with it and admit it. And then you can choose to redefine it and put it away and let it go, Mm -hmm. you know? But how do you overcome that resentment? By letting it go. Right. But how do you let it go? Right. What is the actual practice of, of letting it go and getting into a place of, if you can forgive that other person, even when they're totally in the wrong, that creates a freedom for you, right? Yes. But but that's very difficult to do. Like, how do we well, how do we begin the process I, of walking down that path? Again, I think that I think it's acknowledging the the truth of the hurt feelings. Like, if you're really pissed, like really get in touch with that. Like, acknowledge it. Don't stuff it. Don't act like it didn't happen or that you shouldn't have felt that way. If you if you feel really angry or really hurt, you should acknowledge it. Yeah, I feel really angry and really hurt. And then you can choose to um, to release it in a number of ways. I mean, if it was, I mean, what I just said is is understanding that everybody's just trying to make it home. And when I say that that sentence, everyone's just trying to make it home, is everyone's just trying to realize themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what their life is about. And we, we're all just providing experiences and reflections and opportunities for that to happen. And so the most important perception that you're 
having is your own. You know, it's about your own, your own evolution. So if somehow karmically something, you know, happened in the way where there was an interaction and you were part of that, you know, you can just acknowledge that that was part of the plan and you had this interaction with this person and you can choose to depersonalize it, like get out of this whole personal idea that it was so personal to you, you know, and like it was something data against you when it probably didn't have that much to do with you. Well, you know, and the thing is, is, I mean, everything has different levels of perspective. So from where I sit, you know, there's a perspective for, you know, something from many different views. Like if you start to take a bird's eye and you start to pull out and pull out and pull out and pull out, then things look very different. So that's just a good metaphor for me to understand that if I'm in a situation and it's really painful and I can't understand it, you know, and I can't make sense of it, um, I can feel my pain and then release the situation to the trust that I have in the cosmos and in the plan Mm -hmm. that this was... This happened for a reason. I might not understand it right now, but I'm going to release my personal attachment and my connection with the other person and the whys and the, you know, it should have gone down like this and why didn't it happen this way? Just let it go. Let mm-hmm. it go and just, you know, send – I wouldn't say – I'm not going to say send anything. Just um, call in grace. And a beautiful thing that I love is to ask for um, – uh, Complete forgiveness and complete forgetfulness. Forgiveness. And forgetfulness. Ask to to be able to forgive the other person. And forget. Literally, like, just disconnect from the whole episode and just release it. A couple things that are helpful for me in dealing with these situations are, first of all, and I've said this before on the podcast too, but we are, uh, again, another thing that we're hardwired to do is to immediately judge a situation. So this was bad. Like this thing happened to me and it's in the bad category. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we really don't have, we have almost no information on whether that event was in our interest or not in our interest. We just don't have the information. Like you won't know for years later until, until other things happen in your life whether something that happened to you set you on a better trajectory or worse. So that's a good sort of mental trick that I use to try to get out of trying to judge a situation. And the second thing is just get out pen and paper, you know, and start writing it down. Like just, just write, you know, write, get out a journal and start writing. This is what happened. Just let it all out. Like oh, he did that. I can't believe that. Blah, blah, blah. And just write it until you can't write about it anymore. And then, you know, put it in a drawer for a day or, you know, then tomorrow maybe burn it. Or it's a way of like purging that emotion out of your body mm-hmm. so that you can kind of start anew. I like the burning part. The burning part, yeah. No, I like it's that. That's effective. really powerful. Super. Well, you, what you're doing is you're creating ceremony around mm-hmm. these things. And those mm-hmm. things are powerful, yeah. you know. Um, and it seems like, oh, it's do I really have to burn it? Well, I don't know. It's just an idea, you know. it's a, It's an idea of like, giving the process meaning, like putting meaning onto that. Like if you burn something, then you really are saying like, I'm letting this go. This is, this has disappeared from me. That's right. And there's something to that. The other thing is, uh, is to implement at least the 24 hour rule, which to is get a, to get a bat. 
Well, no, I'm yeah, kidding. Get that. yeah. <laughs> in uh, a padded room. I know. And go crazy. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. They're just emotions. They're not going to kill you. You should you should feel them. You shouldn't repress no, the emotions. You, you have them. to find a way to yes. like exercise them out of your system in mm-hmm. a, in a healthy and productive way. Um, the 24 hour hour rule is all about not reacting. Like instead of impulsively reacting to a situation where, you know, your programming just takes over and you say the thing you always say when you're in that situation without thinking about it is to extract yourself out of the situation and don't do anything for is at that, least 24 hours. Is that hours. from AA? Well, is that an AA principle? It's not. It's not strictly that, but I mean, it's a tool that I've learned in recovery, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that guy said that and like you immediately want to send the email back. Like right, you exactly. get an email that, like, never that send that email. incites you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm going to show him. I'm going to tell him he's so wrong. Um, don't do it. You can write the email. Just don't send it. Never send it. <laughs> and, and make sure that like in the two line on the email, you don't have the name up there so you don't accidentally send it. Just write it without an address in it so you can't uh, you screw up and send it to the person by accident. And, and then, you know, you can look at the email the next day and you'll probably feel a little bit different, you know, yeah. but at least don't. But at least that way you're 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 getting the upper hand on not being reactive. You're giving yourself time to process something before you just do something impulsively. And those impulsive actions usually don't end up in a good result. Yeah, that's wise. Mm-hmm. I think that's wise. And Except for if we get in an argument and you say, I need 24 hours, I'm going to be like, uh-uh, we're talking about it right, right now. <laughs> yeah, right. That doesn't always work so good either. No, but that's a good technique. The other thing was something that I talked about with Osher on the podcast, which what is his, his, his thing, his... his uh, his protocol of implementing the of course rule. What is which that? Is, yeah. So you don't even listen to the podcast. Uh, honey, I have no time. <laughs> you have no time. <laughs> I'm writing the cookbook. All right. And books um, and music. No, the his I don't know what he calls it, but but basically what it entails is, you know, when something has happened to you and it's not what you wanted to have happen, you kind of um, you tell the story and at the end of the story you say, Of course. Like like I got I got fired from that job. Of course. Of course. Because then it makes you look at, well, why did that happen? And it makes, I think what it, what it does is it makes you look at your side of the street, right? Because people don't want to look at their side of the street. They want to, they want to take inventory on the other guy's side of the street, but they don't want to look in the mirror and say, how did I co-create this? How did I contribute to this result occurring? Mm-hmm. And so also, I mean, of course, could always could also be like, yeah, because this is the divine plan and this is my life plan and it's unfolding exactly as it should. So, right. of course, this happened. And also to look back at other things that have happened in your past that that at the time you thought were terrible. But mm-hmm. now you're like, oh, thank God that happened. Yeah. You know? Which is always. Yeah. Almost right. always. And so that helps you understand that, mm-hmm. again, this idea of not having all the information and to try mm-hmm. to get into a practice of refraining from from judgment, judgment of yourself predominantly, but also judgment of others and mm-hmm. of situations mm-hmm. and what category they have to fall into. Like, why is the human brain so wired to organize everything and label everything and put everything in boxes? That's what I keep asking. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. why, do you, why, why, did, why do we have to know so many details about so many things in the mind? Well... Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it is, like yeah. for driving across Canada <laughs> yeah. in a car. Yeah, that was the thing we were arguing in the car because, like, I'm driving and I needed her to navigate, but she's not so into navigating. I just was like, like, just it'll drive. Be right, just go. I'm like, no, I don't know where I am. You have to you, tell me where to go. Well, you're a very um, thorough navigator. 
Well, so, I like to and know it's good, and you got I'm us going. here, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I really do. I like to know where I'm going, and I just probably would have gotten there a different way, a little bit later, possibly. Yeah, but maybe I would have arrived. But anyway, I appreciate it. So, what else about? So, gratitude? are you grateful now? <laughs> I, yeah, I am. I'm very grateful now. I'm, awesome. I'm very grateful. No, uh, that's cool. You know, I've had a great experience here this week, so, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for the next little part of this trip that I'm about to go on. Yeah, it's great. So, I mean, I think just to wrap that up and before we move on to the next topic, mm-hmm. I just I feel like this this time is really exciting because as we start to understand more and more and more that we're actually creating our experiences, you can you can see, start to observe your mind entering into certain judgments or perceptions about any single thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And you can literally rewrite it, reformat it, reframe it. And um, you'll see if you even do that one time within a very short amount of time, even an hour, even a half hour, the feelings and emotions that were attached to the original story that you were telling that was coming in will just be gone. And then it's not, it's not even relevant. It's not even in the it's not in the uh, storyline anymore. It's just gone. Well, you're 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 overwriting your old story with a new story. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's about putting energy into that new story, and it always goes back to pen and paper, though. You know, for me, like I have to write it out. I have to see it, and that practice, not typing on a keyboard, but actually writing in a journal, really, you know, because it forces you to kind of slow down. You mm-hmm. know, because you and and it's very tactile, and there's something about that that allows you to kind of connect with it in a different way. It is. It's more powerful. It's really powerful. It is. So get out your moleskins. That's right. So, and, and uh, um, you know, that was something that, uh, that Swami talked about when he came to our house, right? The story that we tell ourselves and connecting, like he used the example of the branch, Yeah, right? well, Yeah, well, what he was using uh, um, was, uh, he would say that... Swami, what's his name? <laughs> which one? The, uh, Nityananda. Nityananda, yeah. right, so, when he came to our house. So we had this, explain, explain who he is. Well... Um, Nityananda is a is a realized uh, Indian saint that I studied with for some time. I think in maybe I don't know two thousand six or ago. I don't know. It was a while ago, um, but anyway, uh, he was just an, a very beautiful catalyst for me at a certain a certain point in my life. Um, I met him and. Uh, he just gave me some really amazing nuggets of wisdom, and I was able to receive them, you know, fully at that time. And uh, he's also the one who named me Ma Ananda Srimati. Right, which is why you go by Srimati. Which is why I go by Srimati, because I tried to shorten it uh, so it wasn't Ananda Srimati. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's... um. It was a really beautiful experience. It was uh, one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And uh, I received that name at a time that I was very, very, very sad and feeling very lost. And it, it gave me, you know, a tremendous amount of, of energy and beauty and creativity in my life. So all of my artist um, stuff and my music, that's why I release mm-hmm. it under Srimati. Um, but anyway, one thing that he used to talk about was just really, really profound is that he would talk about that you know, we have a story that we tell ourselves. So most likely the most common human insanity is that humans will live a, you know, lifetime of experiences and then they will pick out their, their brain will selectively choose certain events, circumstances, situations, and they will form a chain of life story around those specific events. When in reality, there are 
you know, thousands of moments, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds, millions of moments. Every second is a moment. Yeah. So everything's happening, you know, all the time. There's all these things happening. When you think about that kind of human experience and the fact that we don't even perceive, you know, we perceive such a small percentage of what's really going on in, in various different ways. So he would say, likely the person, the human will pick out these series of events and they will make a chain and he called it a chain because it's most you know it's a bondage really of their story and it will be things like oh I was you know I was never loved when I was a baby and then the next thing would be like oh I was you know I was never picked for the team or and the next one's like oh no one ever loved me and then oh I never had a girlfriend and then oh I was ugly and then pretty soon this whole thing is like gaining a power like through this chain that you're making and also he said some people also make a chain of like happy things but it's much less uh, common mm-hmm. so they'll say oh I'm the lo- I was always lucky I always win you know, I'm so beautiful. I always get what I want, <laughs> you know. And he said, but what he's saying is both of those experiences are complete lies. They're just they're just mm-hmm. insanity made up by the human experience. But the person who's telling themselves that positive story ends mm-hmm. up that 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 perpetuates a more positive life. It experience. does. That would be a better way to go, but it's still <clears throat> it's still an illusion so, because yeah, still, wait, so it is its own form. Even the, even that positive idea is still a form of still bondage. an illusion and it's still like the it's the pendulum right of the light and dark this polarized experience that we have like oh that's a great experience oh that's such a tragic experience but the thing in in consciousness when you start connecting with your spirit and your soul is that you're the consciousness that is beneath all of it and you're ev- you're never changing you're you're forever uh radiating and conscious and existing and expanding you're not so the good and bad is kind of like relative. You're like, uh, well, is it good? Is it bad? It doesn't matter once you've connected with that kind of energy beneath it. And so what he was saying is he he would use the word, you know, unclutch because he didn't, right. you know, it's not a word. But he um, what he was saying is the same thing that I was kind of saying right. in the beginning. It's like, just drop it. You can drop it anytime you want. You're not your mind. Mm-hmm. You're not that story. You're not that history that you're telling yourself. And so... Now is the time. I mean, he would uh, to sort of protract along that argument, though his his sort of idea would then to be to not have a story at all. Well, like that's if you're, I guess the if ultimate. you're like in, if you're in an Eckhart Tolle kind of state of master of presence, present, you know, master of mm-hmm. being in the now. Mm-hmm. There is no story. There is no story. There is no time. There that's is only right. you know time. Time, this human construct right. that we have, this linear idea right. of our experience, is also an illusion, right? So. The story, you know, so so well, to we, really master consciousness would be to get in touch with the idea that yeah, there is there is no well, story, and that's there's what, no past, there's no present, there's right. only now. But see, that's what meditation is, and that's why that's the practice meditation technique, the practice of getting to a moment where you experience that, not the actual meditation technique, but what what you might experience some at some point within that, where you're. It's like in our it's it's like that line, you know, I'm everything and nothing. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's 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 like we're everybody, we're all connected. We're all living the same life. And, and then so, Yeah, I guess that if you could really unclutch in that way, then that's a big part of how that would reduce anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because if you're detaching from all of that and you're just in the present moment, mm-hmm. then there's no there's no like holding on to any of that and that will just immediately sort of reduce your stress level 
That's right. And it's, it's, it's about being in a state of being. So in being, you're, you're existing in consciousness, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't mean that you sit in your cave or your apartment and you do nothing or your house. It means that, you know, I think the, the, the deeper that you get into it, um, the closest that I can describe it is you're living spontaneously. So anything that's spontaneous is a, is an, is a worthy action. You know, it's a, it's a worthy uh, use of energy um, because it's spontaneous in the moment. It's natural. Mm-hmm. So um, I, think, I think what happens uh, is that f- fear starts to crop into this because we do hold on so strongly, so firmly to this idea of identity, what our identity identity is like i'm the guy who does this Mm -hmm. and so meditation or these practices are asking you to let go of that and that's terrifying to the ego doesn't want to let go and and sort of a common thing in sobriety is um you know when you come in the idea is and these are spiritual principles that apply you know irrespective of whether you're you know a recovering alcoholic these are just spiritual principles that that Mm -hmm. have a lot of power and truth to them this idea of surrender right like Oh, I have to surrender to my disease, or I have to, you know, surrender to the present moment, or surrender to the idea that, you know, I don't have control over people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. And that's equally terrifying because it threatens identity. It threatens our idea of identity. And I think what most people infer from that is this sense of losing a sense of who they are. Like, well, if I do that, then who, who am I? Like, who it's am a, I? It's defeat. It's mm-hmm. now I'm going to become some kind of, you know, mindless drone who has mm-hmm. no control, you know, like that. That's not what it is, but that's where we go, right? And I think that that is what prevents a lot of people from uh, sort of attempting to implement these things into their life. Because, and that's why it's so scary. I think that's the barrier. Yeah, that's the huge barrier so, because the ego wants to survive and it wants you to think that it's it, that that's it. And if I don't have my ego, then who am then I? Who am I'm, I? I'm, I'm nobody. Now, so how can you address that? Well, I mean, you do have, even in consciousness, you have an ego because you're here in a human body. But I guess it's like the identification with it. So it's not, in my experience, and you know, I'm only where I'm at, you know, on my own journey, but it's not like once you've connected with consciousness, you're never angry or you're never you know, jealous, or you never have an emotion that comes up, you have it come up, but you, you are in, you can observe it, you watch it, you're like, oh, there's that thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you, you know, you make your choice in the moment of how, you know, how to respond to that, you can witness it, or, you know, you can transform it, or, you know, just, you can know what it is. So Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, I think it's illusion to think that, you know, that you're, you know, you're never going to have these experiences. And, I, and I've experienced with an, enough masters and gurus and spiritual teachers and stuff to know that, you know, they all have their humanity. Let's can, just I say can, that. I can attest, you can attest to, that. to that. Right. I mean, we're all human. So, you know, we have these drives, you know, sex, power, money, it's, it's all there. So, um, yeah, I, uh, and that's, the thing is, is that meditation is really, the only way that I know that you can really start to get behind that. And, you know, it's not a jog. It's not a running meditation. It's mm-hmm. a meditation where you're actually inquiring, you know, into the deeper aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and the thing is that motivates me and that is, you know, true for everybody is all of this is just temporary. It's not going to be here forever. 
You know, we're not, that's one of the reasons why I have so much gratitude and I'm so present and you're so present. And I wanted to, you know, put my arms around all these people and I wanted to look at them and I wanted to hear who they were. I wanted to do that because I understand that it's, it's fleeting. We're having this beautiful experience. It's not going to be forever. Nothing's forever. Everything in this world will go away. Mm-hmm. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation, a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most, mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There is so much health information out there. It can feel overwhelming and leave even the most well-intentioned confused about what's what and who to trust. Well, the first person that I call when I'm seeking clarity is my friend and nutrition expert, Simon Hill, host of the fantastic podcast, The Proof. Each week, Simon matches wits with brilliant scientists, translating their evidence-based insights into actionable tools for better well-being. Subscribe to The Proof, available wherever you get your podcasts, and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. You know, just to kind of, uh, you know, how I relate to all of this on a personal level, part of this story that I used to tell myself and that I still hold on to, that you know, the kind of things that you're talking about threaten is this, um, is this idea of self-will. Like I'm very attached to my self-will. Like I'm, you know, like the story I will tell myself is, you know, I was never, uh, you know, I'm not a super talented athlete, but I was able to get pretty good at swimming and do pretty well at Ultraman because I just, I know how to work hard. Like I know how to go the extra mile and I was never the smartest kid, but I know how to buckle down and study and get it done and I can get the good grade. Like, cause I'll go the extra mile and I'll try hard. And that's part of how I construct this identity of who I am around those ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and that's part of a story that I will tell myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you say, well, you have to surrender that story. You know, that, that story isn't exactly true. You have to let that go if you want to sort of grow and expand your consciousness. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that story. Mm-hmm. And so, 
and and my ego is attached to that story, right? Yes. So it's really about surrendering my ego. And that's where it gets into this idea of like, well, if I do that, then who am I? And that's defeatism. That's mm-hmm. that's that's like throwing my arms up and and giving up, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not true and I've I've struggled with that and I've come to the other side of that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm not consciously dialed in, I'll go back to that story, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's we forget. It's that's why it's a practice. That's why you have to continue to work at it and can you continue to do it or you will resort back to your Mm-hmm. old story or your default so i think for somebody who's listening that's a common thing like well that's just, that's giving up so i was hoping you could kind of elaborate on a little bit a little bit on that idea i can try i mean um first of all i mean i think that you know the world is really grateful that you have that amazing work ethic and that you're able to go the extra mile. And if you weren't created like that, you wouldn't have been able to do Ultraman, this insanity things, Epic Five, like those things that you do. You, it's part, part of that is within you, which allows you, I mean, I saw you suffer. I saw you suffer so badly on day two of Ultraman when I crewed for you. And, um, it was brutal. We were silent in the car, and I, wa- I was with you every single pedal push when, you, when your shoulder was sheared off, and you just freaking did it. You were, the, it was raining, the winds, it was horrifying. And I just, I, that was like a feat I can't, even, I can't even imagine. Like, my personality, I could never do anything like that ever. And that's the beauty of individuation of how people are created. So it, the, I guess what I would say is you don't have to leave that, that's a tool for you and that's something that you cultivated in your life. But when you tap into consciousness, you will understand that you are so much more than that. It's, it's like the big container of you, the consciousness holds that within it. Mm-hmm. But on a daily basis, as I go throughout my day and my mm-hmm. mind is mm-hmm. doing whatever it's doing, how do I connect with that idea better? Well, um, Again, the same way, by, by understanding and breathing into your heart and connecting with your consciousness, then you can use those tools without being attached to the outcome mm-hmm. and understanding that this is not your play. This is as much as, as, as uh, efficient as you are and as hard of a worker as you are, all of those things exclusively did not put you where you are sitting in this moment. It's by the grace of God that you're mm-hmm. sitting there. Yeah, I mean, I think that was what I was driving at that I wanted mm-hmm. you to get into, mm-hmm. which is this idea of action versus results. And it's fine for me to you know, apply myself in that certain way as long as it's, it's not because I'm clutching on to an idea of how it's going to turn out. You know? So mm-hmm. I think the trick is in releasing your attachment to that outcome. You do it's like you do the work. You're not giving up. You're not throwing your arms up in the air. You continue to do the work. It's your relationship to the outcome. Is exactly. that a healthy relationship or is that an unhealthy relationship? And that's what that's what that's what makes the difference between whether I'm, you know, angry and resentful or able to tap into gratitude because when I truly am uh, detached from how something turns out, then I have a lot more peace in my life. That's right. And there's a lot more space for the miracle to come Mm -hmm. in. The unknown, the surprise, the super thing that you could have never imagined in a million years. And the other thing is that I would say is within the process, a good way to gauge if you're in your dharma is when you're in the process, if you're 
expanded and you're enjoying it and you're in love and you're having fun, then you're really in your dharma. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it and you're resentful and you're, you know, thinking you're the only one in the planet that can do this and, you know, and, you know, you're holding on to the control so tightly, you're missing what consciousness is trying to give you because mm-hmm. by holding it so tight, the energy can't get in. It mm-hmm. can't get into then do some crazy thing where like, oh my gosh, like how did that happen? And I would ask you right now. I mean, the heart, you, before you say that though, the hard part about that is that in order for me to get <clears throat> that focused and that intent on something and to work that hard at something, it almost requires that I have some association with how it's going to turn out. Like I'm doing it because I want it to turn out a certain way. Yeah. And so I, I say, I always say when I'm, when I'm creating is uh, I, I have a vision, I have the vision, um, I meditate, I, I feel it viscerally, emotionally, the smells, how, it's, how I want it to feel sort of on every sensory level that I can imagine. And I infuse it with as much love as I can muster. And then I let it go. Mm-hmm. So you can, so I would say hold on loosely. Yeah, do all of that. Vision it, go, yeah, I think I want it to be like this. This could be cool. And you know, um, identify like, you know, things, places you want to visit or experiences, you know, how do you want to feel? That's why a lot of times I say, identify the emotions you want to feel in your life. Because if you're too attached to your mind, you'll spend all the time describing the details and you're not feeling it. And it's the feeling that, that is the power. That's the most powerful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so you're co-creating with your soul or with, you know, everything else that you're interacting with. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have a vision. It's amazing to have a vision. You know, right. that's entrepreneurial to have visions. When you talk about trying to vision, you know, the emotions that you want to experience as opposed to like an, a specific outcome, like a set of facts, mm-hmm. you know, that the outside world, you know, smiles upon or what have you, um, that kind of gets into the subject of this idea of the drive to be happy, right? Like this... Mm-hmm. You know, again, back to this dichotomy of our human experience, like there's unhappiness and there's happiness, there's satisfaction and dissatisfaction. And how can I be happy? You know, Mm -hmm. how can I, I want to be happy, but I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. Right. So what is that, um, you know, what is that, that, that innate human drive to be happy all about? And, And where are people, in your opinion, missing the boat in terms of what they should be working towards or how to better experience or tap into that emotion that they're driving towards. And that's like huge. Um, well, I mean, I would say, again, it goes back to meditation because if somebody's, if somebody's not happy or they're striving to be happy, they, they might not know themselves. They might not know what makes them happy. Well, I think know, that we so, do we do certain things because we think it's going to make us happy when we eventually get to a certain like when I get that thing when done, I'm I get be that. happy. I'm t- I'm taking mm-hmm. all these actions because on some future date uh, the results of those actions will put me yeah. in a place where I'm going to be happy. And you're like chasing this dragon or running on this habit trail for your whole life, and you never quite get there. Well, and also if 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 you're in that space, I mean, it's not about the destination; it's about the process. Mm-hmm. It's all about the journey. So that's another thing that I would say, you know, in the daily life, if you're not in joy while you're doing it, you're not in your dharma. And when I say in dharma, it's like you're not connected to your heart. You're not in your sweet spot of like where you're supposed to be. So what and you can you can find joy in housework. I mean, 
it's hard for me to find joy in housework, but you could, no. <laughs> so, um, no, but it's, it's funny. I was, I was writing uh, on my own book today, and I, it, I, was, I actually tell this story um, that when, you know, I got the land to, buy the, to build the house, and we had just met, and we were beginning, and it's like I got that permit, and I went out on the land, and I was, like, ecstatic that, you know, I was going to do this project that I wanted to do for so long, and we were starting a life together. And, and I asked myself that question. I said, I stood out on the land and I, at a, down below the house pad, and I said, okay, if I could snap my fingers right now and the house be done today and I walk in, would I do it? And the answer was no. Mm-hmm. Because it was the process that I wanted. That I that's that's where you're getting the joy. So whatever you're doing, if you're doing something today because you think in five years then you're going to be happy, then you've lost your way. Because the moment is now. You might not be here in five years. Right. right? And we we all know that intellectually, but how can we? You know, I know what the answer is already. Meditate. It's going to go back to what we already <laughs> talked about. But it's like. All right, so fine. Everybody, we all know that. We all know, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're, we all know that that we all think or we trick ourselves into thinking, like, if I get that new car, then then everything will be cool. And yeah, and then never is, it. right? Because on and the then, desire you know, curve, it's only sweet it right you before you get it. Yeah, either you get it right. or you don't, but you get it, and then you right. you get it, and then for five minutes you're happy, and then it's like there's something. That's like else my that's friend Dave Hartman, or, this crazy longshoreman that used to be my friend when I grew up in the rough streets of Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> He used to say, Julie, what happens when you're really hungry and then you eat? And I'd say, what? And he'd say, you lose your appetite. Because right. it's, it's a silly thing. It's a Dave Harmon thing. But um, I would ask you, though, I wanted to ask you, what is your experience when you're, when you're taking photographs? What's going on inside your body? Uh... When I'm doing my selfies. When, whenever, <laughs> when you're shooting whatever you're shooting. Oh, I love it. It's very, it's a creative outlet for me. And are you resentful when you're doing that? No. And are you thinking that you have to control every single detail? No. Yeah. No, I'm just so, doing it. I'm enjoying so it. So you're in the love of doing that. And you're extremely gifted in that. Like, I'm really looking forward to you doing a big photography show at some point mm-hmm. in your life. I, I really, really think you're quite talented at that i mean i've stopped taking i've stopped shooting pictures well, first since i have to the get that two. camera when i get that really good <laughs> camera then can, i'll be happy and can, then i can then do, you can do it. no you're doing it now but um i would also say that the other thing that's very very um helpful to us right now in our lives of being humans is to um to try to experience joy as much as you can so if you're in a like let's say you're in a job and you you, you don't you know you're you have to work at this place and that's just where you're where you're at try to find joy in your life try to make sure you're you know you're listening to music you're taking a painting class you're doing something that is feeding you something that is like what your photography is to you you know and because you want to experience that joy as often as possible because you want to um exponentially like activate that within yourself so that it becomes part of you and you can access that feeling quickly mm-hmm. and readily and it's there so you know your life is your life it's it's about now you're living it now so um find out what that is whether it's a you know like i said music or you know a certain way to dress or a certain way that you 
you know, design your home or your room or whatever it is, it's really important to mm. be in joy. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that uh, it doesn't mean, you know, this gets misinterpreted into this idea, like, well, if you want to be happy and you're unhappy in your job, then quit your job. Like, well, maybe you can't quit your job. Like, yeah. I understand that, but mm -hmm. there's probably something that you could do with your free time that will allow you to tap into that joy. And maybe it's something you haven't done ever in your life, or maybe it's something you used to do as a kid that you haven't done in a long time. You don't give yourself permission to do that anymore. And I think it's about giving yourself permission to tap into that more childlike quality and find what it is. It could be, you know, for me, it was like, I just want to go outside and run on a trail. Like, it's yes. like, I want to feel the sun on my shoulders. It doesn't have to be a complicated thing. And it doesn't have to completely overhaul how you live your life every minute of the day. It's just about trying to experience some of that a little bit more in your life and to give that some energy. That's right. But this does remind me of slow-mo though. Slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> slow-mo is, uh, slow-mo is awesome. You got to put in the show. We have to get slow-mo on the podcast. Yeah. If anybody knows slow-mo, I think, well, I, I, put it it, I put it out there on Facebook. Oh, and, you did and already? Like, all you have to do is go down to Pacific Beach. He's right there. So like, he's awesome. easy to find. But uh, I, I put this on the, my Facebook page and I tweeted it the other day. But Slomo is a guy who is a medical doctor who, uh, I don't know, you, can you explain no, it? No, well, he says he, says he, was, he says he was an asshole. Um, that's his words, not mine. Um, but he said that, uh, you know, he was a physician and he was just into working and, you know, totally, totally focused in that. And then I guess he started to lose his vision. He started he, to have some, some issues where he had that condition where you can't recognize faces. It's like, And then he was having some weird memory problems and he was starting to notice that and how it was impacting his ability to, you know, be in his profession. Yeah, and so then he decided that he was just going to recreate his whole life. So he clo closed his practice and moved down um, near a beach, and he really took some time and really to figure out what it was that he loved to do, and what he discovered is what he loves to do is skate, mm -hmm. and that's it, rollerblade. <laughs> so now he rollerblades up and down Pacific Beach in San Diego pretty much all day, and he's like an icon there. Like everybody knows him, and that's he just does it like all but day long. But he's developed this kind of like semi kind of strange <laughs> flying technique <laughs> where it's he's so, like on one it's skate, so cool. and he's like coasting. He's connected it all to like consciousness, like he's having a spiritual experience, and he's like skating really really slowly with one leg up in the air and his arms raised and this huge smile on his face and they interviewed some people and you know they're like oh i thought he was homeless i thought he was crazy um but anyway it's it's very inspiring and very sweet and it's really cool um and he speaks about some of these things that we talked about today about how you know you don't have to buy into someone else's idea of what your life should be you mm -hmm. know and you can choose at any time to uh switch it up and i would say he has done that to an extreme degree yeah it's very powerful it was a it was a short little film a short documentary film that the new york times put up they do these little op-ed movies like casey neistat's done a, a couple of mm -hmm. them he didn't do this one but it was a little you know biopic a short little biopic on slow-mo that was beautifully shot and it's just a wonderful little movie and it really makes you uh you know rethink your reality and what's important and your priorities. That's right. And that and doesn't mean that you're going to quit you're gonna your job. And, and you're like going to go slow-mo on Skating on the beach all day long and doing no. nothing else. But it's such an extreme example that um, it really uh, forces you to, you know, kind of um, take stock of your own And it priorities. shows you what you can do. And, you know, once again, it's like it's, 
it's your life. So let it be you that you're living it for, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I mean that, you know, collectively with your family and with your children and your partners and your communities, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think these decisions that you make, you know, some of them small, some of them could be life-altering, like when Slow-Mo decided he was just going to slow-mo skate, and <laughs> it's a pretty big decision, right? Um, you know, whether or not you're making the right decision for you is completely contingent upon your relationship with yourself and whether you've done that interior work and whether you're in a place where you can trust your instincts mm-hmm. to guide you in the right direction. Because I think if you're, if you're disconnected, then the impulses that you're responding to in your brain are not necessarily reliable and they could lead you down the wrong track. Well, and this is where, again, meditation, it's like you, you know, really need to take the time to connect with who you are and get to know yourself and, you know, not to be, you know, tooting my own expression, my own horn here, but, uh, you know, I have this meditation technique that I channeled and recorded and Rich has on his site. It's called Jai Release. And at the event, we had quite a few people that have been practicing and Mm -hmm. a lot of people with really amazing results. And the reason that I designed it is because I'm a mom and I have four kids and I'm an artist and I'm, you know, doing all this stuff all the time. And so it's hard to find these quiet, and it's not like I have a quiet life where I can sit down and do it. I have to be able to do something that works with my life. And this is a 30-minute meditation. If you've never meditated before, it's easy. It's really, it makes it really, really easy to drop into a state where if you do it, if you make a commitment and you do it for you know 40 days or even less, I suggest 40 days, you will get messages. You will get in touch with yourself and mm-hmm. you will start to transform and you'll start to know yourself more and get more connected mm-hmm. and it was really cool it was cool to meet all those people that have been humming and and doing the meditation and mm-hmm. uh, makes me happy it, it really really helped me a lot mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting um, and you know that kind of brings up the 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 new mind body green course that I just that just went live and this idea of trying to find tools to transform your life and kind of a consistent theme in that in that program, it always comes back to doing the inside work. You know, it's on a surface level, it's like, how do you set a goal and achieve it? Well, here are the steps to do that. But the first and most important thing, you know, nothing else is nothing else matters if you haven't done the foundational interior work to get to know yourself so that you are connected enough to know that whatever goal you conjure up for your life is actually the appropriate goal for you at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, Otherwise, I think, it's going to be a lot of wasted energy. You may go out and achieve whatever goal you've, you've set for yourself, but maybe that wasn't the right goal, right? I mean, I would say even, you know, not that you can't do anything, you should proceed with whatever inspires you. But yeah, start meditating, just start doing it. It's, it's, it's going to only enhance your experience. Mm-hmm. It's only going to help. It's only going to make you stronger, more powerful, more connected to who you are. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's just amazing. It's going to, it's, it's healing, it's calming, it's inspiring. It's, it's, it's great. It's why everything. Is it, why is it so hard to sit down for five it's minutes? It's really hard. And that, and that's why when I found this, this technique and the, it was. It's so painless too. It's like, you know, why do, why do I, I mean, I'll just speak from my own experience. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I resist it so much? I put, I, I, I. I put out so much energy resisting it and mm-hmm. it's so much easier to just, to just do, do it. it. And when I do it, my life is better. And yet the next day I'll wake up and I'll mm-hmm. resist it again. Well, this is, again, it's, it's 30, it's like 30 minutes. It's easy to put on your, 
whatever your device is. And the reason that I love it is the first section is a humming. It's a humming. It's an active meditation. So what it does is it churns up all those thought patterns and all that residue that's going on in your body so that you might actually drop into a moment of silence. Because I know if you just sit down, you're not really meditating because Mm -hmm. your mind's just running. Mm -hmm. So... You know, and that's not to say that, you know, we all have days where our mind is running or where we're more monkey mind than another day. So again, it's like if you do it over a 40 day period and you just consistently show up and go, okay, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to sit down and put the headphones on. I'm going to hum like, you know, like a strange person and I'm going to listen to the meditation and just do it. And then, you know, it works. Mm -hmm. It's very, very powerful. It's easy to meditate and be calm and have a serene outlook on life and be present when you're a monk in a cave. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more difficult to do it in the modern world, right? right? And then you're pre- yeah. the minute you come out of it, you're presented with, you know, some challenge or whatever. Uh, and I know that when I'm when I am actively meditating and I'm in that practice that those challenges, you're, I'm able to meet them and sort of gracefully navigate my way through them as opposed to reacting or relying on that old behavior pattern that always gets that result that I don't want. That's right. Well, it connects you. It really does. And it provides a lot of clearing of energies and ability for other things to come in and support you that you might not be open to. You might not be able to receive them. Um, What do you mean by that? Well, you, I mean, I mean, one, I mean, like you, I mean, (laughs) Mm. I mean one, yeah, because if, if you have, um, um, thought forms or emotions or trauma or fear or anything that's lurking inside your system. These meditations, they clear that stuff out. So you're, it's almost like a cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to listen. And, and, and just, I mean, what a blessing to just stop talking and stop looking at the device for just half an hour and just sit down. I mean, you could just, just as a, a little breather for your body and your mind and spirit to just shut off the stimulus Mm -hmm. for a moment it's only 30 minutes Mm -hmm. it's easy like what else takes 30 minutes in your life that you could not do uh an episode of uh, (laughs) law and order (laughs) no that's longer than 30 minutes i was gonna say like you know what is it uh yeah i was gonna say three three men and a baby (laughs) I don't know. No. We don't watch what is that Charlie Sheen show? I don't know. I don't know. Shows I don't watch. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, How is I that Met one? Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, but I got to watch Never How I that. Met Your Mother. There you go. You got to choose, okay? It's a big choice in your life. <laughs> yeah. If you're opting for transformation, then you, you, you have, have the power to choose. And the thing is, is you can't sit there. It's like everybody has the same amount of time in every day. All of us have the same amount of time. It's just a matter how you manage your time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would say that, you know, you can't get it all from running and training and cycling and swimming. It's all amazing. And I'm bowing down to all the triathletes and all the ultra runners everywhere. Um, And it's still, there is still a place for meditation. Mm -hmm. A meditative run is great. But it, this is it's beyond. Not, yeah, it, it it's doesn't. Different. It doesn't take the place. Of, I mean, it is. It it, it is an active meditation, <clears throat> and it does have meditative benefits for me. But it's qualitatively different from 
sitting down and doing the humming meditation mm -hmm. or doing any other kind of form of meditation that resonates with you. But speaking of so, ultra runners, can we just talk about that raven that was on? Oh, on Timothy Olsen's Tim's back. Floor. Yeah, so I was, that is the coolest shot. Right? He is so, such a cool guy. So Timmy Olson, who, if you've been listening to the show, you know he was a guest. He's this insanely accomplished, talented ultra runner um, and super cool guy. If you haven't listened to that episode, you you must. He's he's a he's a beautiful soul, that mm -hmm. guy. Uh, but he's wonderful on Instagram, posting pictures of all his adventures running up these mountains. And the other day, he posted a, a photo of him on the top of some mountain with a gigantic raven perched on his shoulder, like eating something off his back. He's just, that was insane. That, that was, was the cool. coolest photo. Yeah. I think he's at one with uh, what he's supposed he to be doing. Is, he's merged with he's, his. He's like, amazing. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, but um, I wanted to uh, tell that story about when we first started doing yoga years ago, when, when we first met, uh, at Steve's class, Aww. and uh, and um, Russell Simmons used to come to the class. Yeah, and it was in the early stages of his um, journey with yoga and his empire, ve vegan nutrition. Well, he was already, you know, already running big. an empire. He was mm -hmm. already huge, but he was just started started to like actively incorporate meditation into his life, and we were riding the elevator, little two story elevator, down with him after class, and he's like, man. If I keep meditating like Steve wants me to meditate, I'm going to lose all my money. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. he was all worried. Like, all I do is do yoga and meditate mm -hmm. now. Like, I'm, I'm, I got my eyes off my business. It's all going to go to pot, right? Mm -hmm. And, and the great irony of that, and he, <clears throat> of course, is that the opposite took place. And mm -hmm. he writes about that in his books, where, um, you know, he really made that the number one priority in his life and his whole thing like opened up and exploded mm -hmm. even huger than you know he ever imagined it would and 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 i think that that gets back to this idea of surrender and the, the threat that that poses to the ego and thinking if i'm going to do these things then that then who am i now and i'm not going to be the guy that i thought i wanted to be or that i'm going to be it's not that it is actually the opposite of that it is the warrior's path and it, it is an essential tool in arming you to sort of meet the world on the world's terms yeah. and, and to really blossom into the person that you're meant to be. Well, and on an expanded level, and just from a logical level, if you want to be logical about it, if you know that everything else is fleeting, the body, the houses, the wealth, like everything in this world is going to die at some point. So why wouldn't you spend time cultivating the spiritual connection? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Of course. Any, of course, any, as Osher would say. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to uh, wrap it up. Are we not going to go on from here? No, we're going to. I thought we were doing balance. No, we're going we're gonna to save that for another episode. Another one? You think, think it was good? Yeah. We did that well? I think we're good. We've been You're going complete? for over, uh, yeah, we're at an hour and a half now. So, oh, we are? Yeah, it's good. That's good. We're going to wrap so, it up. So see, that was great. So cool. And then All next right. time, maybe you can take us out with a song. Okay, that'd be amazing. All right, cool. Okay. So that's it for us from Toronto. Julie, you're going back home tomorrow, and I'm getting on a plane and flying to Beirut, Lebanon, oh, where I'm going to give you. a talk there, and then I'm going to go to Saudi Arabia, which is going right. to be amazing. Are they going to give you a good opportunity for some 
epic running selfies. <laughs> I think <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can be by yourself. You can just run around everywhere. Right. No, it's a pretty um, extraordinary experience. Yeah, it's the it's third ama- time you're going back. I mean, that's, you know, in terms of like a gratitude check, to be able to have mm-hmm. the opportunity to travel to these incredible places, you know, foreign places that I probably would never, you know, go to. Mm-hmm. And to have that be connected to and tied to uh, spreading a message that I feel strongly about is that's, you know, a good way for me to connect with gratitude and a sense of service, which is really, you know, that that becomes like the, that's the rudder for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking right. forward to it. It's going to be an amazing trip. That's right. That's right. Cool. Okay. Um, but I'm going to miss you and I'm going to miss the kids. We'll miss you too, sweetie. So there'll be some You'll face, FaceTime there'll us. There'll be some FaceTime. We'll be FaceTiming. Yeah. Selfie timing. (laughs) All right. So uh, if you're new to the show and this is the first time that you're hearing Julie, the best way to connect with her is to go to her website, srimatimusic.com, S-R-I-M-A-T-I music.com. And she's Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram's really your thing right now though, right? No, I'll do it. You got to start doing more um, recipe and food stuff. People love that. I will. All right. Okay. When you get back. And yeah. we are hard at work uh, in the final stages, I should say Julie, because she's really uh, put in the mileage on this, on uh, completing our first real hardcover cookbook. It's pretty exciting. We've been working on it for a long time. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but it's coming together uh, beautifully. It is mm-hmm. really a gorgeous piece of work, and it's going to have – a bazillion recipes in it and just insane a bazillion photography yeah like just the a bazillion the, the photography is extraordinary in this it and it's really shaping up to be quite a beautiful book and we're looking at a fall release for that and when we know specifically when that's coming out we'll of course keep you posted as this develops but we're really excited about that that's our next big project we'll that's coming know. down the pike that's right and right. i'm uh, i'm performing on friday and this will be after It'll, yeah that will have passed by the time yeah, on but May 9th. you are excited. You're going yeah. to get to perform with the boys at this pretty big benefit. Yeah, it's cool. It's a One Heart Worldwide Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a foundation, actually, the work of Arlene Salmon. And uh, she was actually asked by the Dalai Lama um, to go into Tibet and open up clinics to support women um, in healthy childbirthing um, practices. They had a very high mortality rate with women. Um, and and the, re- the reason for that is pretty interesting, right? Well, I think it's, it was just really basic practices. Like they just didn't have like clean water and just it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a huge difference, but it, it was like a kind of a leap from um, the indigenous practices into, you know, maybe some modern uh, assistance that, that helped. And, you know, the Dalai Lama asked her specifically to go in and and uh, I think she didn't do anything at the beginning. And then, you know, he wrote her a letter. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so she did. So she's opened up all these clinics in Tibet. And the mortality rate uh, with women in childbirth went down about 90%. And then... That's um, amazing. It's incredible. And then she was uh, uh, ordered out of the country at gunpoint by the Chinese government. And uh, she 
was very sad and kind of, you know, went through a moment of feeling a little hopeless. And then the folks in Tibet said, you know, the clinics are up and running and we've taken what you've taught us. And so they, you know, they're here. And so then she decided that she was going to expand this worldwide and go into a lot of remote areas. So I think it's in about 15 countries now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm, if it's 10, I think it's like 15. And, um, uh, so she heard my song, Mother of Mine and, uh, she asked me, um, it's on my, uh, my album on iTunes under Srimati. The title of the, of the record is Mother of Mine, and my, the track for that um, is Mother of Mine. And she uh, heard it, and she just said, I'm making a documentary right now, and you know, I'd love to have your music in my film. And then uh, they asked me to perform at this benefit. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's at an amazing restaurant in uh, Santa Monica, very zen, very gorgeous. And, and uh, the event's being hosted by Carrie Ann Moss, Moss, right? Yeah, like I know. From The Matrix. Yeah, so cool. You know, she was at our house. She filmed a movie at our house. I know, I remember. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I've had lunch with her before there. So yeah, I'll have to well, remind her when I see her. So it's all kind but, of all Yeah, so it's just now. really cool. It's, you know, I feel really grateful because, um, you know, the the song is really a, a deep spiritual experience for me. And to be able to sing it with this alignment at this benefit is just crazy. And it's on Mother's Day. So, or, or Mother's Day weekend. So anyway, so I'm really excited about that. Maybe we can put the link in the show notes yeah, so people we, can donate. We will. So the, if but they, the website for, for the foundation one is... Heart, one heart, one world. Dot, org. Dot org, right. One heart, one world. Dot org. Oh, no, I have it wrong. One heart worldwide. Dot org. One heart worldwide. Dot org. Yeah, I think Are you sure? Is. I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So I'm going to miss you on Mother's Day and I'm also going to miss that performance, which yeah, is a you bummer. Are. You are. But you know. It's okay, man. I got to. Got to spread my wings. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Sorry. I can't, I can't wait until I get back. <laughs> can't postpone it. No, it's cool. Thanks um, for having me on the show. Of course. I always love to yeah. uh, have these experiences. Well, and we'll have you back again soon. Thank we'll you. See. Thank Depends. you very much. We'll see what people think. Okay, we'll see. Be yeah. nice, everybody. All right. Are you okay. going to start your own podcast or what's yeah, going no, on? Yeah, no, I keep really... Keep talking about it. it actually, was, I was asked. I was actually specifically asked by some people this week. Um, yes, I really want to. I'm, uh, I'm finishing uh, an EP that I'm releasing at the end of the month with the boys um, called Jai Home. And then I'm uh, turning in the cookbook and then turning in my book book. Mm-hmm. And my hope is, is after that, I'll have my website reconfigured for Srimati and I'll be able to launch my podcast. And I don't want to launch it and then not be able to do it. So we've, things are getting kind of more balanced in our life a little. And, um, you know, I want to be, I hope to be the first show under you, under the RRP, if you would have me. We'll see. Okay, I'll work on <laughs> no, that. I think it'll work out. Okay, good. All right, cool. Well, thanks. All right. for, hey, thanks for coming by the RRP, Julie. Thanks, Ritual. All right. It's been an honor to spend this time with you. Let's go have dinner. Let's go, you know, do our thing. All right. Okay. Peace. Peace. Plants. Namaste. Hey, everybody. That's our show for this week. How'd you like that? How do you like those lemons? Let me know what you think in the comments section at richroll.com for the episode, the page for that this week's episode. And if you have a minute, throw a review up on iTunes. We love that. Um, if you are stuck or frustrated with your life and not sure how to get off the dime, 
maybe you want to check out my new course at mindbodygreen.com. It's called The Art of Living with Purpose, How to Set and Achieve Goals, Transform Your Life, and Become Your Best, Most Authentic Self. It's over two hours of streaming video divided up into 14 sessions. There's an array of downloadable tools and resources that address everything from the fundamentals of transformation, how to properly set a goal, erect a roadmap, create structures, momentum, community, and accountability, and why people traditionally fall off or fall short. Basically, I try to distill down and convey the essential foundational principles and practices behind every successful, sustained life transformation, the things that have worked for me, the things that don't. And all in all, I think it's a pretty valuable toolbox that contains the assets that are required to make the changes in your life necessary to become the person you always wanted to be and deserve to be. So if this feels right to you, if this feels like something you might benefit from, then take a look. It's uh, at mindbodygreen.com. You can find it right there on the homepage. Um, what else is going on? The iOS app for iPhone and iPad, that's developing nicely. It's coming along. we got to fill out a bunch of paperwork with Apple, blah, blah, blah. So it's in the pipeline, and I'll keep you posted on when the release date is for that. But I'm pretty excited about it. It's looking super cool. If you want to support the show, tell a friend and keep using the Amazon banner ad. If you use the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for your Amazon purchases, Amazon will not charge you a cent extra, but they kick us some commission change, and we really appreciate that. That has supported us over the last year and a half, and you guys have been amazing with that, so thank you. You can also donate to the show. There's a donate button at richroll.com, and uh, keep it up with the Instagrams. I love it. People have been sharing on Instagram pictures of themselves listening to the show out on a run uh, or, you know, during their commute or whatever it is. And uh, I just love getting those throughout the week. So uh, keep that up, you guys. Thank you so much. And it's a great and easy way and a fun way to spread the word and kind of tell friends about how much you're enjoying the show at the same time. So thank you. Go to Rich Roll for Rich Roll. Go to richroll.com for all your plant power provisions. And, uh, that's it, man. I'll see you guys uh, next week. Until then, let's uh, all take a shot at practicing and engaging in gratitude. And I promise you, it'll make a difference in your daily experience. So I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Peace. Plants. you